This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Open our eyes, Lord, we want to see Jesus, to reach out and touch Him, and say that we Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I'm tired, I'm weak, I'm so worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me on. Precious Lord, linger near when my life is almost gone. Hear my cry, hear my call, hold my hand, lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When the darkness appears, the river I stand, guide my feet, hold my hand, take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand, I am tired, I am weak, I am the storm through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Welcome, good neighbors, to this worship service. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish worship, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tagg, and I'm the bridge minister. Thanks today to Debbie Tagg and Jim Haugerud, our musicians. Thanks to Kathy Christensen for reading our lessons and sharing the children's message with us. And thanks to our recording engineer, Isaac Christensen, for keeping us on track and putting this recording together. And many thanks to each of you who are listening today. You can listen to each weekly service live at 8 o'clock a.m. on WPCA radio at 93.1 FM or live on their website at WPCAR 
adio.org each Sunday morning. You can also listen in time through our podcast, available on your smartphone, via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website, which is nuicparish.org. I encourage you to subscribe and listen to our services whenever you get the chance, and to our new services, which download each Sunday morning. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, or through our website, which again is nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Viola Haugerud in memory of Pearlie Haugerud. They were married over 75 years and what a gift they were to our community. We want to thank Viola and WPCA Radio for this broadcast. We depend on the generosity of listeners like you to keep this broadcast going. Jesus said that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Even though we aren't all together in a church today, we are gathered in Jesus' name and he is present with each of us, wherever we might be today. His presence with us is a gift we celebrate and proclaim as we worship together today. As you participate in our worship service today, you may want to have a a cloth to lay before you, a candle, a cross, and a Bible to follow along with our Bible readings for today. We will also be celebrating communion, so you may want to have some grape juice, wine, or some bread. We continue our worship asking God to bless our time together in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please join me and listen as I read the Confession of Sins. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you. Uphold us by your spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Hear then God's promise of absolution. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. Let's listen again to Jim and Debbie as they sing our gathering songs. Job too 
Let me shine, shine, shine like the beacon's power. Let my life be strong and myself be small. Let me know the truth that I'm one with all. Lord, 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 there's no job too small, cause I'm Thank you, Debbie and Jim, for those lovely songs. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please join your hearts with mine as I pray the prayer of the day. O Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And again today we give you thanks. Thanks for the hope that comes with Easter. 
Thanks for the things that are new now as springtime comes. Help us to be renewed in heart and mind and soul so that we can share and celebrate your life, your love with the whole world. In your name we pray, amen. I'd like to invite Kathy to come and read our lessons and share the children's message with us now. This lesson comes from Matthew 6, verse 24. No one can be a slave of two masters. He will hate one and love the other, and he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It's time now to talk with the young people of the parish. Hi, guys. My question for you today is, what is a bully? I looked up the word bully in the dictionary, and this is what I found. A person who is habitually cruel to people, especially weaker or smaller people, or even a certain group of people. Today I want to read you a story about the conversion of Paul, and it comes from the Sparks Bible, page 514. It's entitled, Saul to Paul. Saul was a bully. He hated anyone who was a Christian. Saul wanted all Christians thrown in jail. But God had other plans for Saul. Even though Saul was a mean person, God loved him and had a big surprise for him. Saul had been ordered to go to Damascus, and he smiled slyly to himself. If any Christian lived in Damascus, he would find them, and he would arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem. Saul smiled confidently. He had arrested Christians a hundred times before, and he could do that again. But suddenly, there were swirls of dust blew up from the road. Saul covered his eyes with his arms. Storm's coming up, he shouted to his men. Crash, flash, kaboom. Saul fell to the ground. A blinding light exploded around him, and a strong voice spoke to him. Saul, Saul, why do you hurt me? Saul rubbed his eyes. He couldn't see anyone. Who are you? Paul stuttered. I am Jesus, the voice said. I am not dead. I'm very much alive, and I have plans for you. Go into the town and wait. Saul and his men were speechless. They could hear the voice, but they couldn't see anyone. Saul waved his hand in front of his face. My eyes, I can't see. Somebody, get me up. Saul ordered. Because he could not see, Saul's men led him to, by hand to Damascus. There Saul waited and prayed. He wasn't mean or bad anymore. God had touched Saul's heart. A man named Ananias was in Damascus. Ananias loved Jesus. God told Ananias to go to Saul and pray so that he might see again. But Lord, Ananias said, Saul is a mean man, and I'm afraid of him. God said to Ananias, I have chosen Saul to bring my story to many people, and I have a plan for him. Ananias found Saul just as God had said he would. Ananias prayed for Saul, and Saul was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and suddenly Saul could see again. Ananias told Saul that God had a job for him. Saul was to tell people about Jesus. Saul was baptized, and his name was changed to Paul. Paul served God for the rest of his life. He became a friend of Jesus and told many people how Jesus had changed his heart. You know, Paul started out as a bully with the name of Saul. He bullied Christians, people who believed in God and Jesus. But even though Saul was against God and Jesus, God still loved Saul. God had a certain job for Saul. God changed Saul's heart. And with the help of Ananias, through prayer and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit filled Saul and he was baptized and his name was changed to Paul. And Paul became a friend to Jesus and told many people how his heart was changed. Paul was not a bully anymore. You know, God loves all of us, even the bullies. And with the help of prayer and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can change that bully's heart. So let's pray for the bullies of the world. And with God's help, bullies can change to maybe even become our friends. So let us pray. Dear God, we need your help and guidance to change the bullies in our world. With your love for everyone, help us to change our bully's heart to you. In your name, amen. I wandered aimless, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night.
Well, thank you, Kathy. And uh, as we get into our message today, uh, I have to admit uh, it's been quite a week. Uh, I've been to two funerals, one down in Iowa for a 101-year-old uncle and and then down to La Crosse, Wisconsin for one of Debbie's uncles uh, who was 80-some years old. And then uh, here at Trinity, we'll be having a funeral next week for Geneva Phelps. And uh, so before we started this service, I took a walk through the cemetery and I uh, was walking through and looking at the names and thinking of all the people who some who lived uh, only a few years to those who lived 80, 90 years old and wonder what kind of stories they would tell. How much of a legacy did they leave and whose lives have they touched? And maybe we all ought to ask that now as we live, what's our legacy? Who do we touch? I have to admit, I, there are things that at times I've messed up. Uh, so many times we always think of the things we do do, that uh, saying the wrong words to somebody or uh, maybe not telling the truth or maybe doing something that's wrong. But we sometimes forget the things that we should have done and we didn't do. Again, Gerhard Frost, one of my favorite authors, writes a little little poem to start us off. He came for a large gift, but he came to me. Yes, a large gift, but I had it to give, for he asked for that which all men have to give, the gift of attention. And he came to me. He wanted a little hunk of life, my life. But I gave him only half a gift, for I was only partly present to him. My thoughts wandered, my attention wavered. I made other plans, I looked past him, I ran ahead and away from him. I wanted him to leave. I wonder if he knew how I robbed him that day, cheated him, betrayed him in his trust. I wonder, is he hungry still? I can only say, good Lord, forgive. Forgive and grant me a next time. I was in Ethiopia and I've shared this a number of times with folks because it was one of my Damascus Road trips, if you will. I had been there only a couple days and I was isolated from the rest of the people that I was traveling with. I was going to pick up a Volkswagen camper and had to drive 700 and some miles through a land I didn't know. I had only arrived. I didn't know the language. But I had come to Africa to preach Jesus. And so there I was in this brand new camper that we'd bought in Gutersloh, Germany. And I was getting in there to drive and went to mail some letters. And as I turned around, all of a sudden there was a little girl. Three pairs of clothes on her so, because it was all torn and ragged. Each dress covering what the other dress didn't cover. And behind her was her blind father, who I guess again was in rags. And she held out her tiny little hand to mine. And I froze. 
What was I going to do? They told me not to give to beggars. I only had so much money and I had to get back to the capital in Addison. Did I have enough and how would I handle this? And so I turned around and walked away. I walked across the street and got into a bright new Volkswagen camper. And as I sat down, I looked across the street and there she still was, her hands still out, only now she was facing me. What would I do? I started up the engine and I drove away. It wasn't until a little while later I realized I had come to Africa to share Jesus. I was excited about it. I had dreamed about it. I had thought about it for five years. The team was there. We had sang one's one place, and now here I was facing a little girl and a father who was blind in need. Only it wasn't just a little girl and a father. It was Jesus who met me that day, and I drove away. Oh, how I pray for another time. You see, our Damascus roads sometimes take us to places we're not always ready. You look at Saul, and we, we think that was the only time that, you know, all in one brief instant, all of a sudden he changed from Saul to Paul. But we need to remember there were probably things in his background that were preparing him for the ministry that God had for him. He had an upbringing in the Jewish faith. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He observed the law. He wanted other people to observe the law. He was passionate about following God. And so when the first person who was killed for their faith, Stephen, Saul was standing there with all the coats of the men who threw rocks and stones at Stephen to kill him. Saul stood there with his approval. But he also heard Stephen's, probably at the trial, what Stephen had to say about Jesus. He also heard Jesus say, forgive them. He also met other Christians that he arrested and took to jail and probably heard their stories, whether he wanted to or not. But it only made him angrier, and as he went on the road, he was bound and determined to take more Christians and put them in prison, because they were preaching blasphemy as far as he was concerned. But yet there was something that was haunting him as he went. And then on that road to Damascus, Jesus met him. It changed his life. All those things he probably had heard came flooding through, and he thought, I have been hurting Jesus. And why is he coming to me now? He no longer was fighting Jesus, but was there to learn from Jesus. He became a person who began to understand that Jesus wasn't dead, but he had risen again from the dead. And Paul became one of the great missionaries, the one that we read in the scriptures, who appoints us to Jesus in so many different ways. It is so beautiful to see when people get changed so much that they even change their name like Saul to Paul. 
who went to both Jews and Gentiles because he believed Jesus died and rose again for everybody. Again, a camp a number of years later, I'm going out to our Ox Lake villages where we had international villages and there was an Ethiopian youth group there. But two of the adults leaders were from India and that just fascinated me to my end. And I, I asked these two ladies, uh, two people, one man and all their husband and wife. And I said, what happened? How is it that you from India are here in the United States leading a youth group from Ethiopia? And they smiled and told their stories. Both of them had grew, grown up in the India culture. One had fought Christianity all his life and he got horribly sick at one point. And as he lay on his bed, Jesus came to him and said he had a mission for him. And he became a person of faith. The lady said mine was a little bit different, but somewhat similar. I grew up Hindu, but I didn't believe in Hinduism. But I thought Christianity was a Western religion and I was not going to be Westernized. And so she fought it and tried all the different religions. But again, Jesus met her. She gave her heart to Jesus and now is in America leading an Ethiopian youth group. You see, God surprises us over and over again on our Damascus roads. He takes us and shows us new ways that we can serve and that we can be changed and we can make a difference. What happens is, like Saul, who was changed to Paul, became a determined Christian, who one who persecuted, who now became the persecuted one. Think of all the times that he was beat up, whipped, had to be let out of a basket out of one town to get away because they were going to kill him. I don't know if this illustration helps you, but it helps me a little bit. It was a, a speaker from a Fellowship of Christian Athletes and a lot of years ago who shared the story of Paul. He says, well, say, imagine if you were just kind of walking down the road somewhere from Jerusalem, and all of a sudden behind you, you see somebody who's walking really fast, almost running, and as it gets closer, oh, this is Saul. Well, no, he changed his name, I hear. His name is Paul. And so you kind of pick up your pace and walk along with Saul and say, well, how did your life change? What, what happened to you? At one point, I heard you hated the Christians. They feared you. And then Paul shares the story of Damascus and where he met Jesus. And he said, that has become the sole source of my life. It has made life worth living for me. I want to celebrate it. I want to share it. I want to give it. And I just left here and I'm going there. And off he went again. And he probably got a little bit tired. He said, you know, we probably need more people like Paul. It's really great there are people that have that kind of commitment. Well, a few years pass, and you hear of all the stories, how Paul had brought the Christian faith to so many people in different parts of the, the world. But you also heard how he knew he wasn't going to make it long if he kept going the way he did. After all, they had left him for dead once or twice. 
So as you're walking down that road, again, all of a sudden you look back and huh, there's a whole group of soldiers. And in the midst is there's this one man. And as you look closer, you see, well, it's Paul. And he's not running now. He's walking with chains on. And you go up and you talk to Paul and you say, Paul, you got to change. If you keep doing this, you're not going to be long for the world. I think I have a way for you to live longer. And he says, well, what, what do you mean? Well, Paul, if you just wouldn't be so fanatical about this, Jesus, if you just kind of, you know, talk about other things and, and, and throw them in, kind of tone it down a little bit. And I think Paul would turn to you and say, either I met Jesus on the road to Damascus or I didn't. If I didn't, I have nothing to live for anyway. But since I did, I will keep going. And Paul walks on. How do we respond to that kind of commitment? That kind of experience that changes us? And do you ever think about your Damascus roads, where it's led you? Where is the fire that Paul got? Did it come to you also? Where have you changed? Because the gospel has touched you. Did it make a difference in your giving for the people who are hungry in our world or for your attitudes to people who are, are being persecuted, whether they're Christian or not? People who are prejudiced against? Where has it taken you and your witness? Has it led you to somebody where you sat down and listened and listened? and shared the good news of Jesus. Well, I think probably sometimes we get a little busy in our life and sometimes we forget that we've probably done a lot more than we know in our families, with our friends. But I think we need to keep being challenged to look for Jesus in the different roads that we travel and to see where it will lead us and where it will change us and where we can make a difference in the world. And where we can celebrate life to its fullest. I am always touched with people who are autistic. There's always something neat about the stories and the simplicity of their faith. And how they sometimes celebrate it. From stories of the heart comes that one called Autumn Dance. And time again... Somebody who we didn't expect to brings about celebration of life. She stood a, stood a short distance from her guardian at the park this afternoon, her distinctive features revealing that although her body blossomed into young adulthood, her mind would always remain a child. My children ran and jumped and sifted sand through perfect, coordinated fingers, caught up in fighting over a shovel, they didn't notice when the wind changed, but she did. A wild autumn wind spinning leaves into amber flurries. I called to my boisterous son and jostled my daughter. Time to go. Mom still has lots to do today. My rosy-cheeked boy stood tall, watching with wide-eyed fascination the gyrating dance of the Down Syndrome's girl 
as she scooped up leaves and showered herself with a twirling rain of autumn jubilation. With each twist and hop, she sang deep, earthly grunts, a canticle of praise meant only for the one whose breath causes the leaves to tremble or fall from the trees. Hurry up, let's go, seatbelts on. I started the car. In the rearview mirror, I study her one more time through misty eyes. And then the tears come, not tears of pity for her, tears for me. For I am far too sophisticated to publicly shout praises to my creator. I am whole and intelligent and normal. And so I weep because I will never know the severe mercy that frees such a child and bids her come dance in the autumn leaves. Well, we're in the spring, but we still can dance. Dance with the joy of life that our Creator, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. And in doing so, we get to do it for the sake of others, so that we can share life and people can enjoy what it means to be a child of the risen one. May your Easter continue as you say he is risen and he is risen indeed, just like Paul preached and lived so many years ago. Amen. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know it is true. It satisfies my longings as nothing else. Oh.
some have never heard the message of salvation from God's own holy word. I love to tell the story, will be my theme in glory to Those who know it best seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when in scenes of glory I sing the new, new song, twill be the old, old story. Thank you, Jim and Debbie, for sharing one of my favorite songs. We continue as we confess our faith together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. But on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. for the church, the world, and all those in need. <clears throat> your persecutor, Saul, suffered a great shock on the way to becoming your servant, Paul. Awaken us where we have fallen asleep and shake us out of harmful habits and destructive attitudes. Show us how to fully employ your best gifts to your glory. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. Lights may not blind us, nor voices thunder in our ears, but the waters of this blue planet are steadily rising, and the effects of our abuse and neglect are unmistakable. 
Teach us to recognize and heed the warnings while we yet have a chance to be part of the solution in preserving our cosmic home. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. Sometimes the unenviable task falls to us and you ask us to face what we fear most. Give us the courage of Ananias, who though he was terrified, obeyed your command and followed to the benefit of millions. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. Make the scales fall from our eyes and restore us to fullness of vision and strength by your Spirit. O God of hope and healing, send your mercy especially to Becky Anderson, Arlene Johnson, Craig Olson, Jeanette Helling, Jean Hoisington, Rachel and Derek Helling, Kelsey Zamuda, Pat and Lucille Trof, Christina Burgett, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Randy Goglin, Rachel Seacrest, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Scott Morgan, and we remember the families of Kevin Querup and Geneva Phelps. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. Following the trail blazed by the earliest carriers of the good news, we take our place in the line of redeemed saints whose joy it is to praise your name forever. Risen Lord, hear our prayer. Mighty and merciful God, you have provided us with everything we need to carry out the work before us. Accept our prayers and fortify us for the days to come. Amen. And now may the peace of Christ be with you always. You can bless yourself or someone worshiping with you using the Trinity formula. formula be blessed for, or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to the Synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors in need. We'll now continue with an offering song. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises I cannot fall 
Listening every moment to the Spirit's call Resting in my Savior as my all in all Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts Ourselves, our time, and our possessions Use us and what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We will be celebrating communion today, so if you want to uh, prepare and get the bread or wafer and the wine or grape juice ready. When we celebrate Holy Communion, we gather with all the saints from every time and place. We hear again the story of God's power and love Show to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. I'll share now the words of institution, then we'll pray together the Lord's Prayer, and then I'll invite you to eat the bread and drink the wine. Here are these words. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as ye eat it in remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to all of them to drink, saying, This is my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this wine, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. We pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread, and as you eat it, hear the pro this promise from Jesus. This is my body, broken for you. Now take the wine and hear this promise from Jesus. This is my blood, shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. And now receive the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you a favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord, and thanks be to God. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free.
listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Every day, for all the way.